Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the week. It's Donkey Party time. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Doggy Pod. I'm Stephen Peters here with Dr. Rob Zammett. And we are talking all things dogs. Today we're going to be talking a bit about discipline. Is there ever an excuse to give your naughty dog a bit of a whack? Uh, I think not. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? And how do I stop my dog always pulling on his lead? And our celebrity dog breed this week is a Dorgy, and there's two of them in fact, but Rob, what is a dorgy? Well, it's a cross between a corgi and a dachshund. And in this instance, this dorgy, or these dorgies, <laughs> are owned by one of the most famous women in the world. And you're going to find out a lot more about that a little later on in the program. And our celebrity dog owner this week is veteran and sometimes controversial talkback radio announcer, Ray Hadley. And as always, let's just start the show with a tale from the front line, the vet front line. Rob, what's been happening in the clinic this week? It certainly felt like I was in the front line, Steve. Yeah, you were in the thick of it, weren't oh, you? This couple came in. The lady was a very large woman. You know, she was, truly, she was overweight. The man was extremely trim, but the dog was even bigger, like he was a really overweight dog. They loved him very much. What sort of dog was it, do you remember? Well, yeah, it was, it was a little crossbred between a corgi and a, a Jack Russell Terrier, but very, very fat. And having trouble getting around, and they said... He would have been quite low to the ground. Oh, with uh, he really was. On the um, sand, he would have been called Sandy Dick, but that's another story. <laughs> so we we had this little dog there, and he said, I, he just can't get round anymore. I said, well, no, this you've got two dogs in one skin. Uh, we've got to really diet this dog. I can put him on heavy drugs for his arthritis and his pain, but it's not fair on this dog. We have to seriously diet it. And I said to this man, as I said, he was very trim, the, the gentleman. I said, we're going to have to put this dog on my cabbage diet. And he said, oh, 
I've heard of that diet. You're going to not going to believe this, he said to me. He said, I was a very big man. He said, I was, in fact, I was on heart tablets, arthritis tablets, blood pressure tablets, blood sugar tablets. I'm off all of those. And my doctor said, what are you doing? He said, I'm doing exactly what the veterinarian on radio said, because he heard me on radio talk about the cabbage diet. He then pointed to his wife and said, I was big like her. Oh, gosh, she arced up. I thought there was going to be a fight. I said, well, let's get the dog on the cabbage diet. So what is my cabbage diet? It's basically you feed a little bit of protein, usually minced meat or minced chicken that's cooked, and you mix it with cooked cabbage. I get them to cook the cabbage in some stock. Uh, I check these dogs every week. I do this free of charge, and we have a weigh-in every week to see how the dog's going, make sure the dog's not suffering. How much cabbage do you feed? As much as you like. How much meat? It depends on the breed and the size. It'll be somewhere between, you know, 50 grams for a very small breed, up to about 150 to 200 grams for a bigger breed. That's it. Every day, once a day feeding cabbage, as much cabbage as they like. They can even have cabbage for breakfast. Why? Because cooked cabbage in dogs doesn't put on weight. But do, but do dogs eat? Do they like cabbage? It's cooked in stock. In fact, ah, the stock. funny thing is most, trick. a lot of people say, hey, he even likes to eat it raw nowadays, which is a bit weird, but mm. I prefer them to cook it because in the wild, dogs eat cooked vegetables. They eat the vegetables from the herbivores that they are going to consume, that they've you know, brought down. And this inside is, This the, is back in the old days, of yeah, course. Yeah, back, yes. back in the day, dogs would do that. And inside the herbivores, inside the intestinal tract of herbivores, is cooking vegetable matter. And dogs would go there first, actually, because it's all soft meat and blood and fat and they like all that. Mm. But they'd also get cooked vegetables. So dogs can do okay with cooked vegetable matter as long as it's mixed with a good quality protein. They but you're right, they're cooking it up with some stock would make I, a difference. I do that for both flavour and for some salts and electrolytes. It gives them everything they need. You know, people say, what about vitamins? You know, there's no, never been a case of scurvy in a dog, for example, because dogs produce their own vitamin C. In fact, there are only two animals that don't, humans and guinea pigs. And when you look at the two of them, you can see the similarities, yeah. Okay, our quiz question this week is which dog yodels instead of barks? Is it a Commodore, an Otter Hound, a Basenji or a Basset Hound? Yodels instead of barks. Well, Rob will give you the answer to that shortly. Now, let's talk about discipline. Now, there's rarely a time when dogs like us, you know, just occasionally do something we probably shouldn't do and be a little bit naughty. Um, Some dogs more than others digging where they shouldn't, maybe barking when they shouldn't, and maybe biting when they shouldn't. Anyway, is there a time, Rob, where it's, in your view, okay to give your dog a little whack on the nose or on the bum as a bit of punishment? Do dogs respond to that, or is that just being cruel? Uh, Generally, it's being cruel. You know, I I have heard from usually some male clients from time to time, oh, you've got to give them a whack now and then to let them know who's boss. That's not true at all. Yes, you do. Dogs do like a hierarchy. They like a structure. They have evolved in a pack, and it's best that you are the pack leader or they will take over. I do believe in that. People's behaviours will often say, oh, you don't want pack instinct. Well, I'm sorry, it's there. Thousands of years of evolution have said, we have got pack instinct here. You may as well use it than anything else. They don't do things wrong. They do behaviours that are not good for us, that we don't want. Um, a little bit different if a dog is attacking you, okay? If, you, if you're in 
just the only time that you should hit someone, I guess, is when you're, you've got genuine self-defence. Whether it's a person or a dog, you might want to do, do it then. But other times, no, there's no reason for it. But dogs, dogs seem to respond to it, though, obviously. Oh, yeah, but they don't need it. Mm. If, if you train your dog properly, what the dog would respond to would be the word that you use. I do believe in that word for discipline. Uh, and it could be any word you like. Some people say use blah, and some people say, uh, my friend sees a Milan and goes, tss. And I said to him, why do you say that? He said, it's my grandmother used to use it on me when I was a kid. <laughs> this, is, this is Caesar Milan, the, the dog whisperer says The dog says whisperer, that, yeah. yeah. I use the word no because I can growl it out. So it's no. When the dog is a puppy, a young puppy, if it's doing something wrong when its mother's around or something the mother doesn't want it to do, the mother will growl at it. You know, she'll growl at it. You're doing the same thing. No, don't do that. And But once you do use that word, for example, if your dog's digging and you catch it in the act, you go, no, stop that. Take it somewhere else, away from that, and then say, good dog. Then bring it back to that without allowing the dog to dig. Say, good dog. So it's not digging anymore. Always finish any discipline exercise or any training exercise on a positive note. Dogs respond to that. If you're just saying no, no, no all the time, the dog doesn't know what's right and wrong, it's not going to know what it's supposed to be doing. Always finish on a positive note. No need to smack the dog. You might, with some dogs, if they get into... um, almost a, not an epileptic situation, but they, they become so frantic that you might just tap them on the nose, hey, just to oh, yeah, focus here, focus here. That's different. A tap on the nose to get them to focus again if they are frantic. Some breeds um, become very, very frantic in, in wanting to do something like fighting, etc. So if that's happened, tap on the nose, no. And all you're doing is getting the focus back on yourself. But it's the word that the dog's listening to. And once the dog's focused and it's not doing the bad behaviour, then you praise it. Good dog, good dog. Pat it gently. I hate it when dogs come into the clinic and I just put my hands up to pat them and they back right off. They're being smacked all the time. I hate seeing that in a dog. That should never happen. Okay, so for everybody out there, a whack on the nose or the bum, big no-no, don't do it. No need for it. Train your dog properly. The best person to train your dog, go and look in the mirror. That's the best person. (laughs) On a similar subject, if someone were to buy a rescue dog or an older dog, how difficult is it to teach an old dog new tricks? A dog that might have behavioural patterns that that go back years from Mm. owners that maybe didn't know what they were doing. How difficult is it if you, say, get a dog that's eight or nine years old to teach it the basics? Look, I had the good fortune once of getting a very old dog into my care. He was seven years old, um, had been left in a tiny area, you know, just the size of a, a, a small bedroom type area, hardly ever went out. And this dog had very bad behaviours. The first thing I did with him was just fed him, and I fed him by hand all the time. You know, the old never bite the hand that feeds you, it's... In some ways, that's true, but what I was trying to do is develop this rapport quickly with this dog by doing that, and I did. We ended up with a really good relationship, and then slowly I would teach him um, other behaviours like sit, drop, come, all those things. Ended up within six months, this dog was going in obedience trials with me and doing obedience trials. So yes, you can so it can teach. be done. Yeah, you can teach old dogs new tricks, but the first thing you have to do 
is teach old dogs that there is a good relationship happening between the dog and you and you and the dog. That's the most important thing. Teach them some love, teach them some kindness, some security, all those things that you, you do with a puppy. Get that going first, then you can teach any dog anything. So what you're saying is be regardless of the age of the dog, you can teach a dog. Yes. And one of those naughty behaviours that a lot of dogs have is that they love pulling on their leads or putting the leads in their mouths and, and leading you rather than you leading them. How do you stop this? Oh, for me, there's a very easy way of doing that. There's a couple of things you've got to do. Whatever collar you've got, and if your dog's pulling one way, turn around and walk the other way. All of a sudden, the dog goes, oops, got to catch up. And if the dog starts pulling, turn around and go back the other way. So your walk might take you half an hour and you may only get six yards away from the home, but by going backwards and forwards, the dog's learning, oh, pulling's not going to work anymore. The other thing that I do like is a thing called a halty. Um, it goes around the muzzle of the dog and around the back of the head. It's very gentle. It's sometimes called a gentle leader. The reason I like that, if you think of big stallions and big bulls and how do they handle those big stallions with controlling the head with a halter and a halter is a type of halter and it's the old adage if you control the head you control the animal well it's the same with horses really yes as i'm saying big stallions big horses the same thing so if you're controlling the head you control the animal if you do it gently with a halter and you can do it gently you will just bring them back gently and they'll learn to walk beside you. Don't forget, if your dog is, um, say, food-driven, you could have a treat in the other hand, which is held close to your body. The dog can smell all the time. If your dog is driven by a toy, a ball or something, have that in your hand close to you. And even have let the dog have a chew on the, the treat or the toy every now and then while you're walking along. I do use a command. I say heel. So the dog knows that heel means stay by my side, don't take off and run ahead and pull me over. And they soon learn that the word heel means just walk gently by my side at whatever speed I'm walking at. Don't try and go out and take point all the time and pull me and drag me along. I won't have it. The dog that is grabbing the lead with its teeth is trying to dominate you. And that's not a good thing. With a halty, you can control the head and stop that type of domination and allow a proper relationship to build between you and your dog. Good to know. Good to know. Okay, let's move on a bit. And our celebrity dog this week, well, our celebrity dog owner this week, is actually Queen Elizabeth. Now, Queen Elizabeth II has owned more than 30 corgis since she became the Queen in 1952. Uh, Most of them a direct descendant of her first dog called Susan. Anyway, last year her final royal corgi, Willow, passed away, leaving the Queen with two doggies. That's what we talked about earlier, doggy, which is a corgi-dachshund mix. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's big into corgis. She's got another one called Whisper. Um... Now, I've never heard of a doggy before, Rob. What is a doggy? Well, neither did the Queen. She didn't set out to breed them. Um, but nature finds a way. True love finds a way. She did have some dachshunds and she had some uh, corgis. She's always been known for her corgis, of course. Yes, oh, very much so. Well known for corgis. In fact, she even had, uh, she had purebred dog- corgis that some came out here and were shown in the show ring and bred. 
uh, with by people and some of the have, Queen's corgis have been the, shown here. Yeah, and they, they, some some Australian good corgi breeders in Australia have sent corgis to the Queen that she's utilised for breeding. She's she's had a very uh, intense program. So she I knows mean, her dogs. She knows her animals. Yeah, you know, she's good with horses. She's great with dogs. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, you know, if you really want to understand animals, you look at someone like that who can see movement on horses and type of horses, sees movement on dogs and the different types and different uh, attributes that each dog has. A real animal person, a very, very kind person with her animals. I've been uh, known people have been fortunate to have met her just because of the dogs and she breeds some beautiful corgis. The doggies, it just happened that way. She didn't set out to breed them, but being a kind person with animals, she wasn't going to just dispense with them or have them put down or even have the females aborted. She let them have the litter and she's found good homes for some of them and kept some herself as just beautiful family pets. But doggies have existed before Queen Elizabeth. Some people have set out to breed them. I don't know if they call them doggies or not, but I guess that's a thing. I guess you could call them Corhuns, <laughs> as in a corgi cross dachshund. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Doggy, yeah, I guess that's a... I don't think anyone has set out to breed. I don't think anyone in, in Australia that actually owns a doggy specifically uh, that's set out to breed that particular cross. Well, I've learned something, as we always do on the doggy pod, and you're about to learn something now. So it's the answer to our quiz question this week, which is which dog yodels instead of barks? Is it a Commodore, a Otterhound, a Basenji or a Basset Hound? Rob, which one yodels? Well, don't buy them thinking, oh, well, at least this dog won't bark and not make any noise because they can make quite a yodel. And it's the African dog, the Basenji. Ah. They come from Africa. Now it's time for our special guest dog owner. He's been awarded the Medal of the Order of Australia. He never backs away from a fight, whether he's right or wrong. He's what many would say uh, is outspoken and often finds himself in a bit of hot water. But beyond all of that, he is a committed dog lover, Mr Ray Hadley. Lovely to talk to you um, on the doggy pod. <laughs> I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think when we first met twenty almost twenty four years ago, we would have said twenty four years later we'd be meeting a doggy pod. But it's, it's lovely to be with you. Your dogs. I met you with Maggie uh, first and foremost. She was just a gorgeous little dog, a little border terrier. Yeah, I got I got her from from Goulburn. From a lovely yep. lady at Goulburn, I went and picked her up, and I remember having a conversation with you. The kids wanted a puppy dog, and I said, "Oh, this border terrier," because I think Emma, uh, my middle daughter, uh, thought it looked like the dog uh, out of um, the Wizard of Oz. Yes, um, <laughs> and so she said, "That's a dog," and she was only a little girl at the time. So we ended up with Maggie, and Maggie uh, was with us for many years, and then unfortunately and tragically, because we live in a rural area, as is your practice, succumbed to a snake bite. And yes. I remember uh, you doing your best to try and save her, but they couldn't. And she she was a ripe old age when she passed, but she was like a typical terrier. She'd go after things in the in the in the garden or the paddock, and uh, unfortunately she went after the wrong thing on that particular day. And uh, she was much loved and much missed. It was after Maggie, I, I said to you, uh, I, I, I get it, the girls want a, a King Charles Cavalier. And yeah. anyway, we got the King Charles Cavalier, and and she kept escaping. And I <laughs> I went around the property looking for holes in the fence and. 
one day, I think Dan or Laura said to me, I know the dog's getting out. And I said, how? They said, it's, it's climbing the chain wire fence. I said, no. So I rang <laughs> you and I said, is this possible? And you said, oh, yes. Yes, if you get a breed, <laughs> they can climb fences. So I thought, oh, my goodness. So she went to a, went to a home because I was terrified she was going to get out and get run over. So we had to sort of change the arrangements there where she could go to a, an owner who could uh, keep her in much more confined spaces than our property. And that led me to uh, the pugs. Um, of course, uh, Doug and Winston, Doug the pug and Winston. Doug and, uh, and Winston are by the same father uh, out of a different mum. And... Uh, we got uh, Doug firstly, and Sarah said, oh, Doug will be lonely. We'll get another pug. So, and, and they're, so they're, like all parents, they're my children's dogs, but they've been with me now for, uh, well, probably five or six years. And, um, and they're fantastic. I, I mean, I know people that own and breed pugs just say they are the most remarkable dogs, and they certainly are. I mean, they've got, uh, they're almost human. They... they and, and they fight with each other, not viciously, but they play fight out the back. And I'll hear them, and I go, get down, what are you doing? And it's either Winston, who's smaller than Doug, sort of trying to muscle in on Doug's territory, or um, Doug doing the reverse. But uh, they're great characters. I mean, the only thing is, as you know, they, they do carry a little bit of weight sometimes with your feet. <laughs> and I, I take them for a walk now, and we get there, our driveway's 180 metres long, and we get down the driveway. And then you get 50 metres up the road and they both drag you back to the gate. They don't want to go any further. <laughs> That's me. enough for you. I'm not a great walker myself, so I'm a bit of a, a pug myself in bringing them back. But uh, uh, they, they they are quite remarkable little dogs, pug. You know, if you sit out the back and, and they just sit around and, and look at you and those those rather mournful eyes that the pugs have got and, and the big jowls that they've got and, and they look at you and, 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 you know, they're just really affectionate dogs, really, really... There's, there's not a, an ounce of uh, nastiness in them. They're just really, really pleasant dogs to be around, and they, they love love each other. And uh, I, I sort of, you know, I'd hate to think one of them wasn't with the other one, if you know what I mean. There's this, yes. this yeah. bond that they have now, having been together for all that time. Doug first, and a few months later, little Winston. But, uh, gee whiz, they... Uh, I mean, I know what people say now when they've got a couple of puppy dogs who are mates, and uh, it, it's a terrible time to think about sometime in the future when they won't be with each other because they just love each other so much here in this school. The dogs themselves, when the, the children were young, were they inside the house, outside the house, in the yeah. bed, out the bed? <laughs> no, no. Well, well um, Maggie was always so adventurous. She was always outside, but, but the pugs were a mixture of both. Uh, yep. Although as they were a bit mischievous as little fellows um, <laughs> and they, they took a liking to various pieces of furniture um, and so, they, yeah, we, we, one of my mates said, look, we'll build you an outside kennel for, for, for the dogs uh, so that, you know, when the lawn's being made and, and there's work from there, it's on the acreage, they can be put away. So this bloke came over and put down a slab about oh, three metres by four metres. Well, that's good. And they put a chain by fence. Next thing, there's a roof on it. There's, you know, a, there's an elevated floor. And I, I said to the, the bloke building, and I said, mate, I, I, I just thought this was going to be a little dog run. And it turned into this magnificent dog. People come there and say, oh, who lives there? And I say, well, of a night time, the, the two little blokes live in there so they don't get bitten by snakes and the like. But, uh, they, they're, certainly, they're certainly well catered for. Yeah. Ray Hadley, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to oh, us. It's a pleasure. Anyway, stay safe during COVID-19, Robin, to all your listeners. Stay safe as well and take care. Thank you, Ray.
Let's uh, yodel off into the distance now. It's our turn, uh, our time to say goodbye. And thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find us on Instagram and our Facebook page. And uh, please subscribe if you've enjoyed the show and and, um, and share the love. And we'll see you next week on The Doggy Pod. And don't forget what Groucho Marx said about dogs. He said, outside of a dog, a book is man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. Typical Groucho Marx. <laughs> see you next week. See you guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.